It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. I made it to Wednesday. Welcome in Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. Doesn't feel like a Wednesday. Tony Burke is not here. He will be here tomorrow. It's all of a sudden, Scooter, becoming Thursdays with Tony. Because he's coaching on Thursday afternoon, so he can't golf. So now he's golfing on Wednesday afternoon. You mean he's putting off the show to golf? He is. It's a little ridiculous. I don't know where you know how many times I've wanted to golf instead of do this show? Um, probably a lot. three or four days a week, I'm a guessing. A lot. So Tony Burke will join me tomorrow. Good news, though. Rick Bozich, WDRB.com, Fox 41, will join me in about 20 minutes. He is one of the five newest members of the Kentucky Sports Commission Hall of Fame. He was inducted last night along with Tom Leach, play-by-play voice of the Kentucky Wildcats, Chris Lofton, former Mason County and Tennessee star guard, Bubba Paris, DeSales, Michigan State All-American offensive lineman, won two Super Bowls with the 49ers, and Bridget DeVries, former commissioner of the Kentucky High School Athletic Association. Congratulations to all those folks. Uh, I didn't even know this was going on when I asked Rick Saturday or Thursday at the Louisville game if he would come on one day this week, and he said, sure, no problem. Uh, and I tried to get him yesterday, so I like, well, I got, a, I got a speech to write and a few things to do. I was like, oh, oh, it's that day. Oh, sorry. So uh, Rick will come on today. We'll, we will delve into what a horrible season his Chicago White Sox are having, uh, get his thoughts on Louisville and Indiana, Indiana canceling the series after this Saturday's game, and his remembrances of former EKU legendary coach Roy Kidd, all that and more uh, with Rick Bozich at about 12.20. A great night for the Reds last night, Scooter. Reds beat Detroit 6-5 in extra innings. Miami lost. San Francisco lost. Arizona lost. Even my beloved Chicago Cubs lost. The Reds gain a gain gain a game on all four of those teams. They are now one back with I think you said sixteen to 16 play. Sixteen left. Yeah, it's going to be one tight. out of the wild card race with sixteen to play. It's going to be tight. But that's yeah, that's awesome. I didn't even realize that. This is the first day in probably the last two months that I didn't wake up and score check. You had no idea, right? I had no idea. Not until you came in and said something. Um. So are you get on your FanDuel account right now? Are you betting Reds make the playoffs or Reds don't make the playoffs? I already have a bet for Reds to make the playoffs, so I'm not going to double down on that. I'm hoping they give me a nice little cash-out option at some point. They did earlier in the season. I should have taken it, but yeah. now I'm stuck with the bet until the end of the season. So, <laughs> Jonathan India, uh, big in the lineup last night. Joey Votto back in the lineup, had a hit, got hit by a pitch. He contributing. I, I thought we had seen the last of Joey Votto. Same. When he went back on the IL, I thought, that's it. You know, they got all these young guys. They they picked up Hunter Renfro uh, off waivers. Uh, they claimed him when the Angels had their fire sale. They don't need Joey Votto anymore. And I think this is going to be it for him. This is it. And maybe one of the rallying cries in the in the clubhouse is, hey, let's get to the playoffs for this dude, man. Yeah. He has been a legend in the city of Cincinnati. And the way he's been to the playoffs, what, once in his Reds career? Um, if I had Maybe to guess, twice. If I had to guess, I'd say twice. 
You can look that up, right? I can, yeah. I will. I was told, again, um, research was not part of this job. See, right. I, you confuse me, because sometimes you do research, and then other times you're like, research is optional. So I never know what I need to do. Research is optional. <laughs> Some, that's why sometimes you do it, sometimes you don't. Because it's the definition of the word optional. <laughs> I can do it if I want to. It is Wednesday, September 13th. M&M Cartage Hotline is open, 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. Or you can hit me up on the Thornton's text line, as always, 502-414-1450. It's getting a little chilly out there today. Feels This is golf weather oh, yeah. today. Oh, yeah. This is it. Uh, but it doesn't mean you can't stop by your local Thornton's and grab a uh, 32-ounce or smaller fountain drink for 89 cents. You still can do that. 89 cents. Grab a bu- You know what? Leave the change in that little jar they got at the counter, that little thing that you can leave a penny in. It's going to be 94 cents with tax. Just give them the buck. Take your 32 ounces of deliciousness and head on out. Don't, don't take your chance. So stop by Thornton's today. Grab a fountain drink. Hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Have you ever had to use the take a penny? Uh, I don't think that you I can have. recall. No, I don't think so. But I, you know, I, I now have a counter job where, you know, if I owe somebody change of, if I owe them a dollar 39, I give them a dollar 40. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I'm not messing with pennies yeah. if I don't have to. Yeah. If, uh, you know, and most of them, if, if their alcohol is 39 99, they give me 40 bucks and say, yeah, I don't want that penny. So I don't even ha- I don't have anything out on the counter, but it just stays in the drawer, or I give them an extra penny back just so I don't have to give them a, a brown coin. I get I want to give them all silver coins. I don't want to give them any brown. Just coins. need to get rid of pennies. I'm 100. Where do I sign up? Yeah, I'm 100 percent behind that idea. We can round everything. Yeah, uh, I did watch BS High last night. Oh, finally! Finally, I gave you the homework, and then I didn't do the homework. <laughs> It's like the teacher going, all right, uh, somebody else grade these tests for me because I don't really want to. Um, what do you think? All right, it's on HBO or HBO Max. If you have Max, you can watch it, uh, the documentary. I guess I'm, you know, I can spoil things because, um, you know, it's been on there for a month. Probably. A while, yeah. Maybe, a, maybe longer than that. This Roy Johnson dude's not a good dude. <laughs> He's, I mean – it sort of gave the whole thing gives you just a horrible feeling in your gut, right? These poor kids from poor backgrounds, some of whom are twenty one years old, playing high school football, being told, "Hey, you're you know this is your chance to get to a major college here, to a Division one college," and they're being scammed by this dude. They're being duped. Uh, I felt really bad for the quarterback who finally got a shot at Grambling with their coach, former NFL coach Hugh Jackson. And then they found out he went to Bishop Sycamore and said, uh, we, we can't, no, we can't have you. We can't put you on scholarship here. Um, and he, you know, all these kids at the end had said, Hey, still trying to look for their next foot opportunity of football. This guy's working at a Kinko's still looking for his next opportunity of football. Two of the players are now at the university of Louisville. One's a walk on and one is a, uh, just a student. Uh, I'm my, Eyebrows went up on that. I went, whoa. Because at the end, you know, they list the kids. Hey, this guy's doing this. This guy's doing this. Uh, this guy's a rapper now. And his, uh, his, his album is about BS, BS high. 
But the the message is you can get away with anything. I'm curious to how those l- kids with Louisville Roy Johnson's got on. not in jail. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, as a walk on, you know, they. I'm gonna guess they went to back to got the GED or whatever they needed to do, equivalency of as a high school graduate, and just applied to go to school. Mm-hmm. That's it. Nothing wrong with that. I have no problem with that. Uh, but this guy not being in jail blows my mind. This is complete fraud. Um, the problem is there. There's and they pointed this out a number of times. There is nothing written in the bylaws in the Ohio um, High School Athletic Association about doing something like this because nobody ever thought anybody would lower themselves to do something like this. So you don't need a bylaw for something so ridiculous. Mm. And he still did it. And he pulled it off. And he got his team on ESPN to get pummeled by IMG Academy. IMG Academy, you know, they're they're no it's not a church, right? They're not holy, but they've got the right age kids playing high school football. And how ESPN either got duped or or duped themselves into this is beyond me. How, you talk about this show not doing any research? If you're ESPN, how do you not do research? Before you put a team on national television, well, in some of there those, wasn't a school. Some of those like clips from the actual broadcast of the game were just painful to hear. Yeah, because the announcers they knew you could tell they were like, oh, something's just really well, not at, right. Here. At one point, you had that player go down, and they're like, it's number fifteen, but we don't, we don't have, have a, 15 a fifteen on our and roster. And it looks like a knee injury, and I don't see a trainer. They don't have any. <laughs> uh, somebody's mom is out there. Yeah. Oh, my God. Do you at least feel, and I feel like we're probably going to differ on this opinion, because I went into that, or I came out of that thinking that, yeah, this wasn't, the execution wasn't perfect, but I do feel like he had good intentions with the whole thing. No, not You don't think so at all? No, I think he's a con artist from the word go. I think he's a person who thinks everybody else is to blame. It's not his fault. I gave these kids a chance. I gave them an opportunity to play football and get to the, No, you didn't. They right. couldn't get to the next level because they weren't actually in a high school. You didn't give them an opportunity to do that. Uh, but it's everybody else's fault. It's not his fault. And at the end, when he's he and the other coach are watching the testimonial, the kid starts crying, saying that's when he finally, uh, can I take a break, walks away. And you can hear him out in the hallway yelling, basically – at nobody, but blaming the kids. It's mm-hmm. a, this dude should be in prison. And then also at the end, Scooter, and I mentioned this to you before we went on the air, he's he's laughing and smiling. Hey, we got 15 teams want to play us again next year. I think he believes that. Yeah. I think he's delusional. I think he doesn't want he doesn't take the blame for anything he's done. And I think he's a con artist. And that is a really bad combination. Really bad combination. Entertaining show? Yes. Absolutely. Did I feel bad about a lot at the end? Yes, I did. I I won't watch it again because I don't like this guy. I don't think anybody comes away liking this dude at all. Well, just it was just the way he danced around questions was so annoying like he had that smirk on his face and yes he would laugh yeah he would laugh he laughed about the uh domestic abuse 
charge mm-hmm. that was the that apparently one of his players was at his house and saw him hitting his girlfriend. Saw it. Um, and oh, you know what? Y'all don't know what we've done for that kid. Y'all don't know all the things we paid for for that kid. That's not the point. Mm-hmm. You're you're deflecting here. You're going on a different rant. Yeah. What about you punching your girlfriend, throwing your girlfriend up against a wall in front of a admittedly legal twenty, probably twenty one year old kid? Yeah, and and that was the thing about that is he had a real opportunity to come out being liked and to not look like a bad guy. But I think him dancing around those questions and, like you said, deflecting and just not answering them at all really made him painted him in a bad. And he picture. said he was a liar. Yeah. Are you a liar? Yes, I'm a liar. Mm-hmm. I'm a really good liar, and he was. He was a really good liar. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're a, you work in a hotel. How do these kids get to stay in a hotel for a long time and then they finally get kicked out and nobody ever pays the bill here? Yeah. And and look, at the end they said there were a number of lawsuits still pending against them. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It was crazy. I mean, he flew this team from Ohio, uh, flew them down to Texas for a game. Uh, they played in Canton, Ohio. Against IMG Academy on ESPN. Unbelievable. I mean, the kids got to live some stuff. They did get to do some things, but they all, you had one kid come out of his room. And the coach says, how you doing? He says, coach, I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. I'm hungry. Oh, you know, it'd be all right. They were feeding them foods that they just mixed together. You didn't know what it was. Um, and some of these kids, they didn't have anybody to go to. They had they didn't have parental guidance to go back to call and say, "Hey, Dad, this is something's wrong here." Some of them did, you know. The mom that was interviewed, the quarterback's mom, the other mom. I kept thinking, "Why, why didn't you step in?" Now the kids wanted to play football, and some of them kept things from their parents. They didn't want to go back home and say, "Hey, I I failed at this." Um. But anyway, I, I I would recommend it if you're a if you're just if you're interested in the story. It is a fascinating story about how this actually came about. It's unbelievable. Uh, I watched Winning Time season two episode episode six. Finally, excuse me. Ooh, you know you shouldn't eat cheese sticks and big red for breakfast. No, no, you yeah, shouldn't. Not good. I was out of milk this morning. That re- that does not happen in my house. <laughs> going directly to the grocery after this out of milk so my honeycomb had no milk to go with <laughs> honeycomb is that your go-to oh i love honeycomb <laughs> had no milk so well let's look see what we got here well i feel like i felt like a bishop sycamore player what's <laughs> in here hey look colby cheese sticks and uh and big red here we go uh, i also watch winning time season two episode six it's always great the the lakers got swept in 83 by the Sixers in the finals. Moses Malone manhandled Kareem. Then Kareem's house burns down in the middle of the next season. I forgot about that. Wow. And spoiler it's going to be a spoiler alert. It's going to be Celtics Lakers in the 84 finals in the final episode of the season coming up. Season two, episode seven, Sunday night on HBO. Guess I don't have to watch it now. Well, we all look, Scooter, this, <laughs> that part of it's. You know, documented history. I was a Celtic fan. I was in Boston in 84 during the finals, during game five in the Boston Garden. 
I happen to be at Fenway Park watching the Red Sox play, but I was in Boston during game five, and at 9 o'clock on the nose, the entirety of Fenway Park, which was full, started chanting, Beat L.A. (laughs) It was great. It was glorious. I'll never forget it. But right now, i got to forget it because we're going to take a break. Come back. Rick Bosich, WDRB.com, will join me after that break. You're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Rick Bozich will join me shortly. All right. Uh, Thornton's text line's open, 414-1450. T.J. Walker of Kentucky Roll Call fame. Roll Call? Please, no uh, promotions <laughs> for that show on this show. Uh, T.J. texted in and says, Spears will spoil anything. Check the milk in his fridge. First of all, the milk in my fridge never spoils. I drink it way too quickly. Secondly, if you haven't seen episode six of Winning Time by now, that's on you. That's not on me. It was on Sunday night. You've had plenty of time, TJ, to watch it. Uh, Louisville, Kentucky volleyball, I think, sold out tonight at the Yum Center. Wow. Yeah, top five cards. Cats have uh, been great. These are two of the probably two of the top ten teams in the country. But um, they go at it tonight. It's uh, on ESPNU or ESPN2 maybe. It's on the, the um, mothership of networks tonight. Kentucky Louisville volleyball. Uh, I won't be there because I've got to put food on the table. I'll be uh, watching it at the uh, liquor store tonight. Louisville is number two. Kentucky is number twenty-one. Okay, top twenty-one teams in yeah. the country. Again, research optional. as I say, optional. Don't forget Scooter spread selections coming Woo! up. He was five and eleven last week. Five and eleven. So. I, I would love to say he can't do any worse. An opportunity to bet against me. But I would uh, I would be lying. Uh, also, uh, Thursday night football tomorrow, Minnesota and Philadelphia. The Eagles are about a touchdown favorite tomorrow night. This is an interesting weekend because you don't want to go 0-2. And I know it's a, I'm overreacting, as I always do. But you really don't historically want to start 0-2 um, because it makes getting to the playoffs a lot tougher. The Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals are all 0-1. The Chiefs are on the road this weekend in Jacksonville. The Bengals have a tough Baltimore team coming in. I mean, this, you know, it's it's tough to go 0-2 in the NFL and then get to the playoffs. You only get 17 shots at it. So the top three teams in the in the Preseason in the AFC all lost this week. Um, so we'll get Scooter's picks up in the final segment. Scooter's spread selections, again, 5-11 and 11 last week. Certainly not a glorious start to his season. <laughs> Let's go to the Eminem Cartage Hotline. Bring in Rick Bosich, WDRB.com and Fox 41, or should I say Hall of Famer Rick Bosich. How are you today, buddy? <laughs> I'm good. Sorry, I was double booked in a... Of course, you're a Hall uh, of Famer. You, you're going to be double. <laughs> you remember Griffin uh, 
Gonzalez, who yes. works with us here at WDRB, is doing a podcast, and so he wanted me to have, have me on for the preview of the IU Louisville game. So I just got off with him, and I'm charging forward into the week. A lot of stuff going on. How many Hall of Fames are you in? I'm in three. The U.S. Basketball Writers, the Indiana Sports Writers and Broadcasters, and the Kentucky Sports Hall of Fame. Two this year, right? To this year, I got inducted up in um, Greenwood, Indiana back in April, and then last night at Freedom Hall, which was a fabulous affair, and very humbled and very honored to be a part of the group with, you know, Tubby Smith came out, and Kenny Payne was there, and Josh Hurd, and Mitch Barnhart, and to go in with Tom Leach, and Chris Lofton, and Bubba Paris, and Bridget DeVries is quite humbling. Best part of the night was what? Oh, just sharing it with my family. Um... You know, I wish my mom and dad were still around, but they're not. But my sister came down from Indianapolis, and my kids and grandkids were there, stepkids and wife and uh, people at work and a couple of other my friends. And just the whole night was phenomenal. Uh, do you think Chris Lofton can still make a bunch of three-pointers? <laughs> no doubt about it. He still looks in game shape, man. Looks in game shape. I think he retired a couple of years ago from playing overseas. He had a great career overseas, won a championship I want to say Greece. I don't remember. He played in three or four different countries. What? Or Paris. No, it was actually in France. Uh, so, yeah, he's a, he's a dude. How cool was it that, for you at least, that this event was in Freedom Hall? I couldn't pick a more iconic place. How many hours have you spent in Freedom Hall in your career? <laughs> uh, I'm sure more than a month of my life, uh, you know, time-wise. Um, and so many unforgettable games, the Mel Wagner free throw games, uh, Tom, the Chase Mike Dean off the court game, the <laughs> Kyle Turek says goodbye to Freedom Hall game, the Bellerman wins the A-Sun tournament game. Finally, uh, one I was at. Finally you, huh? hit, finally, you hit one that I was at. Okay. The uh, Bellerman game. McDonald's All-American game there when Eric Gordon and Derek Rose and Kevin Love and Nolan Smith all played in it. Um, I don't, the first game I ever covered in Freedom Hall, believe it or not, I worked for the Anderson paper uh, just out of college, and I came down to cover the Pacers, and the Colonels won the uh, ABA title. That was the first game I ever covered in Freedom Hall. Oh, man. Uh, Colonels, Pacers, that, those were always they, – they were great. My yeah. mother had season tickets, so I saw a whole lot of games uh, when I was a, just a tyke. Uh, in Freedom Hall, but Wendell Ladner going through the uh, the uh, water cooler, the guy oh, falling yeah. off the catwalk. I was there that night when the guy fell through the catwalk and landed on the edge of the court. Lloyd Gardner was talking about that last night, and people didn't believe him. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. true story. I was there. I didn't see him fall, but I saw him laying there. Yeah, I mean, that place, I mean, I was in it before it was renovated, and, you know, when you had to walk downstairs to the locker rooms, and, um, yeah. you know, just yeah. Ben Patino was there, and he would walk in with his white suit, and they'd play the Godfather music, and <laughs> uh, the one game they played against was at Pitt, or then they went other way against Georgetown, and his first game in Freedom Hall, and, you know, Purvis playing there, and. I was there Kirk when he Smith, was at uh, when, when he was at Providence, and uh, they came in the the uh, regional and got to the final four. Billy Donovan was I on was, that team. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, 
when he was the you know, he, he upset Alabama, which was really good with Wim Sanderson, and then he beat John Thompson in Georgetown. Yeah. But you know, even the Kentucky Indiana All Star game when it was there, and they used to pack the place. I mean, I remember one summer when they had a game between the eighty and eighty six Louisville champs for charity, and those guys took it seriously, and the eighty team beat them. <laughs> um, you know, when I went back this summer for the TBT games, you could feel it. Yeah, uh, in that building, and you know, people our age would appreciate it, but you know, you have to remember that you know six national championships were decided there. Three in the '60s: Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Lou Alcindor, who I consider the greatest basketball player, uh, certainly the greatest college basketball player of all time, won two of his national championships in that building. Uh, so that that place is a shrine, and I'm glad that Bellman plays there now. Uh, and I certainly understand the conversations that Louisville's having about playing one game a year there because I think the summer when Josh Hurd and uh, KP and Nolan Smith and uh, Milton and everybody was in there for the TBT, they saw you know what Freedom Hall kind of a magical does. place, right? Kind of mythical. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. It is. Talking to Rick Bozich, uh, WDRB.com. I kind of got off the rails with my questioning there, but uh, that was good stuff. Okay. I, I enjoy that. Uh, Indiana-Louisville football, noon, Lucas Oil Stadium on Saturday. Louisville's a 10-point favorite, if anybody out there is interested in that. Uh, what do you see happening in this game? You know, Griffin Gonzalez just asked me that, and I picked Louisville to win 28-13. to 13. Um, I think for several reasons. One is I think Louisville's offense is definitely more established and proven. Um, their defense, other than one bad quarter against Georgia Tech, has been very good. Yeah, Indiana's defense is better than most people thought it would be before the season, considering they have all these new players in the transfer portal. Um, even though they lost to Ohio State, they did hold them to 23, and that's pretty good. Um, and they, Indiana State's not very good at all. And the only touchdown they gave up was on a strip uh, and fumble recovery, and they held them under 100 yards. Again, not a very good opponent, but still holding any team under 100 yards, that's about as good as you can do. I just am not convinced Indiana's going to be able to score enough points uh, to win the game uh, because they were totally inept against Ohio State. And although they did score against Indiana State, I watched the game, and it wasn't like it was like a dominating performance. They could do anything they want on offense. And my big question is going to be this. Taven Jackson is going to play. He throws a nice ball, but he had all kind of time to sit back and yeah. be very uh, deliberate throwing the ball against Indiana State, and that's not going to be the case against Louisville. Uh, as it turns out, this is going to be the only meeting in the series uh, next year. One and done. Going to be canceled by Indiana. They're going to pay Louisville a million dollars to get out of that contract. What does Jeff Brom do uh, with an opening in the schedule next year? Any ideas with that? You know, I don't know if this is true or not. Um, somebody told me at the um, press conference on Monday that you know that part of the negotiations was that Indiana was going to pay him money and help Louisville find an opponent. And somebody told me the opponent that they helped them find was Oklahoma. Now, that's not going to happen, but um, Louisville will have to find another team who they can. I don't, I don't know who the team is they're going to find at this date. Um, I know that Indiana's already 
well, Zach Osterman wrote in the story that they're going to get an FCS team, yeah, uh, which you know is another snapshot on the state of the Indiana program. They just have to find ways to get the six victories. Uh, and it's, I understand why Indiana's doing this. Uh, I do uh, because they're at a point in their program where they're doing what Kansas State did, what actually what Kentucky did at one point of lining up as many wins as you can until you can consistently get to bowl games. Uh, but it's you know it's not the great look. It's really kind of a sign of showing weakness, uh, and you know they're just trying to to, to save their program uh, and get it going in the right direction. And it, it goes back really to twenty or thirty years ago. I mean, they're investing now in the program and doing improving the facilities in the stadium. They needed to do that twenty or thirty years yeah. ago. Um, the crowd Thursday for the Louisville Murray State game, 45,000. Did you expect it to be about that? Because uh, they were, they wanted 58. They wanted to break a record. Jeff Brom's first game and all that, uh, all that hype. But, um, 45, is that a good number against Murray State on a Thursday night? You know, it's a good number. It's not a great number. It's not the number I was expecting. I was hoping or optimistic there'd be 50. But, you know, I, I try and, for being around as long as I have, I step back and try and realize that, you know, growth is incremental, and it's real easy for people to give up their tickets and decide not to come, but it doesn't just, people just don't flip a switch in a large number and get back in the habit of coming. You have to, you have to build it year by year to get them back into it. Now, will Brom do that? Yeah, I think he will. Uh, but it just doesn't happen. Now, it, at least not against Murray State. Now, I'll say this: if they beat Indiana and then they beat Boston College, which they should, and then they beat NC State and they're five and zero, and Notre Dame's coming in here, that place should be full. And if it's not full, then then I'll be alarmed. Yeah, it'll be full then, don't you think? Yeah, because Notre Dame brings fans, and I think people then it'll be a you know it'll be a. It'll be a national story, and it'll be it'll dominate all the talk in town about that game and what Louisville can do if they can beat Notre Dame and get to six and zero, and will they be in the playoff hunt and all that stuff. But you know, if people, you know, COVID and the losing and the end of the Petrino era and Satterfield's uh, flirtation with South Carolina and not liking his style of play, and you know, all that stuff created um, the loss of all the juice created by Lamar. And as I said, I mean, they've gotten it back. The season ticket base, I think, is over 37000 but um, it's going to take time to get everybody back. The thing that always disappoints me about Louisville, and I guess I don't go enough enough, enough stadiums to compare it, is just that uh, people are so darn slow getting in the building. I mean, they're... they're yeah. They don't walk in for kickoff. And they're, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And they're slow getting back in for the second half, too. Now, that happens in a lot of places, and it's better than in Indiana because you know what happens in Indiana? They leave for the <laughs> second half. The, the stadium is, you know, like half empty in the second half. But comparing with, I mean, people get into the stadium faster and earlier in Kentucky. And I know Charlie Strong complained about it. John L. Smith complained about it. Everybody's complained about it, and it's, I guess they have so much fun tailgating that they can't put their stuff away. But man, it seems like 
they could do a better job. He is a Hall of Famer. He is also a White Sox apologist. Rick Bozich joins me. I'm on the not show. an apologist now. I've hated this team all 56 year. and 89, Rick. You're behind the Tigers by, I don't know, 10 games? It's awful. Yeah, <laughs> it's awful. It's unwatchable, and it's I'm not encouraged for next season, and I don't like the manager, and I don't know. I'm going to. Once the regular season ends, you I got, will enjoy watching good baseball in the playoffs. You got new like, management in there, so are you? Yeah, but he's part of the old management, and he's yeah. part of the. Uh, he was the farm director, and the farm director stinks. So what was it that he did that <laughs> merited a promotion? That's a great so, question. Yeah, uh, the yeah Red, do the Reds make the playoffs? I don't think so. Really? I mean, don't they have to pass three teams? Well, no, they're only one back now. Uh, they had a, okay. they had a big night last night. They won and everybody okay. else lost. Okay, see, I was the the one so game out. Paying attention, I didn't pay attention to baseball last night because you were a little uh, busy. My sister, my sister stayed here. I talked to her for most of the <laughs> night after we got home. So I'll, I'll let you go. Um, I'll let you. I'll, okay. I'll let you off the hook yeah. on that one. Um, I know that the Cubs have a, from what I've read in the Chicago papers, to have an easier schedule. Yep. So it's Phillies one, Cubs two, then who's three right? Diamondbacks are three, but the Reds are only one game behind Arizona. Okay. And the Reds got Detroit you know, for two more, and then in New York to play the Mets. They uh, they got St. Louis at home. They've got a favorable schedule. Okay. Well, I hope they make it. Yeah. Better for local baseball talk, which you and I are two of the few people that do talk <laughs> Isn't baseball, that the truth? about baseball. Um, but who else is right in the, the, the conversation? Uh, Miami. They've lost a couple in a row to Milwaukee, They're San Francisco. Bit, right? San Francisco's San in the Francisco. hunt, but they've got some Dodger games left still. So, yeah, you know. if I had to guess, right? Yeah, I guess they can. Arizona like was great. They were leading the division for a while, oh, then yeah. they faded for a while, and now they're kind of coming yeah. back. It's been a roller coaster in uh, in Phoenix. Uh, last thing I'll leave you with: memory, favorite memory of Roy Kidd. How did you know Roy? Did you meet? How often did you see Roy? Did I'm assuming you met him at some point? Uh, the late I met him at a couple of UK. You know, my favorite memory of Roy Kidd is just how much respect his former players had for him and admiration. Uh, and I know that he was really tight with Earl Cox. Uh, Earl Cox would always encourage me to write about EKU football and what a good guy Roy Kidd was. And I know all media members that ever dealt with him had tremendous respect. So the times that I've dealt with him, he was always very friendly, very open, very available. Uh, and his teams, you know, back in the in his heyday, were elite. They were contenders for national championships. I mean, and most people, yeah. until, I guess, Harbaugh came, uh, Eastern was generally considered the better program than Western. Uh, and then Western, you know, with Gary Ransdell as the president, became more ambitious to, to build their program up. But Eastern football, um, you know, excellence was the word you would associate with Eastern Kentucky football. Will you be watching WKU at Ohio State on Saturday, 4 o'clock? I won't be able to because I'll be riding the Louisville and uh, Indiana game from up in Indianapolis. Yeah. So I'll have to DVR there. What do they call it now? The DVR? Yeah, it's DVR. I don't know. Yeah. I have you Tape YouTube it. TV, Why don't you so get your VCR out and tape it? I'll tape it. I'll watch the <laughs> 8-track tape. VHS or Betamax? Which one? Oh, um, yeah, I'll, I, I want to see it. Western... I'm intrigued to see how they do. I mean, Ohio State has not been, uh, uh, they haven't been phenomenal. They, you know, they have not. I, on offense, they really 
didn't look good at all against Indiana, and they didn't. It wasn't like they just set, uh, blew Youngstown. Well, Youngstown scored it was seven seven. I won't pull when I check the score. The thing about Ohio State is they don't have the elite quarterback. Correct. And yeah, absolutely. The guy who was they had Quinn Ewers, and he left after a year without ever playing. And then Drew Aller, I think at one point the Penn State quarterback, he, I think he's from Ohio. He committed to the Buckeyes, and then he went to. Decommitted and went to Penn State, so um, they don't have a stud quarterback the way they did in Justin Fields or C.J. Stroud or Cardell Jones or any of those dudes. So until they figure that piece out, they got great receivers. They just don't have it. Yeah. If they had, you know, if they had a, a an elite quarterback, then I would fear them. So let's see what Western can do. Maybe they can shake up the world. Rick, uh, congratulations on your um, induction into the Kentucky Sports Hall of Fame last night. Appreciate your time as always, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, John. Rick Bozich, WDRB.com, Fox 41. We'll take a break. Come back. Scooters spread selections for NFL Week 2 are on the way. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Scooter Dingus on the other side of the glass. It's almost time for Scooter's spread selections. Riveting milk conversation during the break. Yes. I like skim milk. Sue me. It's disgusting. My milk has to be almost frozen. I mean, not where there's little shards in there. I'm with you on that. But it's got to be really, really cold. Uh, it's always at the top part of the fridge, so it's as cold as it can get. But I, I can drink two percent. I can drink whole milk. I'm fine with it, but I have no problem with skim milk. I like I like skim milk. I'm good with the shards in there. Well, sometimes give me give me some ice. In sometimes milk. I can. Uh, I used to put ice cubes in my milk when I was young. Yikes! Yeah, just to, <laughs> just to get it colder. You know. Anyway, we digress. This is what happens during the commercials. <laughs> Um, all right, some news and notes before we get to Scooter. Durham beat the Bats last night, seventeen to eleven. Were Whoa. you on? The, were you on for that one? No, but Trevor must that's have been here got, till midnight. That's got to be about a four hour. Good game, right? grief. Seventeen eleven, six thirty five again tonight. Six oh five pregame right here on the Big X with uh, Nick Curran, Louisville at Durham. Saint X will be taking on Elder from Cincinnati Friday night, seven o'clock right here on the Big X. Six thirty five pregame. Tony and I will bring you. All the action from Brother Thomas Moore Stadium on the campus of St. Xavier High School. And Scooter, you got Floyd Central again this week, right? Yeah, Floyd Central at Jeffersonville on 94.7. Or you can go to the Big X Sports website, and there's a link on there for the game as well. And don't say I don't promote your game. I appreciate you. Uh, MTV Video Music Awards last night. You didn't watch them, right? Heck no. The NSYNC reunion. Ah, it was glorious. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't sing. What? No, they just they presented an award. Taylor Swift won. She got on stage and said, "Man, I had you. I had your guys' dolls when I was a little. Well, that had to make them feel old. I had the <laughs> dolls. Uh, what are you guys doing? You guys are going to do something, and they wouldn't answer. I think you know. Anytime you have something like that, it's usually a preview of hey, they're going to do something together, put out another album or something. Was Justin Timberlake? Justin there? was there. Wow. And, and look, let's be honest. It's up to Justin Timberlake. Yeah. If Joey Fatone and Chris 
and Lance and whoever the other guy is want to get back together, nobody cares if Justin Timberlake's not involved. So it's really up to JT to say, hey, let's do something. I'm really concerned with how well you know them. I I went and saw NSYNC at Old Cardinal Stadium. Did you really? I took my oldest daughter. It was her first concert. Sydney and I went, and we sat, uh, you know, parallel to the stage. It was it was great. Did they play "Bye Bye Bye"? Last? Oh, absolutely. Did they play it last? Oh, uh, I don't remember that that well, but they were great. Hmm. They were great. I love Insane. I got Pandora on my phone. I got an Insane channel. Actually, played absolutely. some Insane on KRC this morning. Oh, that's a Backstreet Boys. But anyway, they're the same. They're the same. Uh, it was great. And Taylor Swift may or may not be dating Travis Kelsey. Ooh, that's big time. They're the same age. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. And Travis, get ready, because when you break up, she will write several songs about you. Just You got to know that going in. Somebody on Twitter said, I can already see him, or I can already see the lyrics, you can catch a ball, but you fumbled my heart. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. You got to know that going in if you're Travis Kelsey. Travis but that's Kelsey just... hosted Saturday Night Live. He's a very funny guy. Uh, maybe this is a match made in heaven. But maybe apparently, he makes her laugh, maybe. Apparently, this is just a rumor. So. It's just a rumor. Yeah. He was in New York. Uh, right before the season started, she was in. New- she lives in New York, and the question was, "Would you?" Do-? And actually, on his brother's podcast, uh, Jason Kelsey asked him what he was doing in New York. Yeah, nothing, just hanging out. Uh, <laughs> come on, come on, Travis. All right, it's time for Scooter's spread selections. We Ooh. start with tomorrow night's game: Minnesota, Philadelphia, Amazon Prime first game of the year. Eagles at home minus seven over a Minnesota team that lost to Tampa. Oh, this one's easy. Give me Minnesota plus seven. You mean minus seven? Oh, you're saying plus seven? Yeah. Oh. I want the points. Man. All right. Sunday, one o'clock games. Chargers at Tennessee. Uh, Both teams 0-1 here. Chargers on the road, three-point favorite. Oh, Chargers all day. They looked really good last week for the majority of their game. Yeah. Um, but they don't have to worry about defensively against Tennessee. They don't have to worry about Tua. They got to worry about Ryan Tannehill. How many I get in there? Or Tyreek Hill. Three, you uh, said? Three. You're giving three. Uh, Green Bay and Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta won last week. Uh, so did Green Bay. Packers on the road, one and a half point favorite. Oh, really? Why would I lie? Um, I guess I'll take Packers there. So that's two road favorites you're taking early there. Road, road favorites well. always scare me. Um, Raiders at Buffalo. Raiders won last week. Bills lost last week. Bills are nine and a half at home. Oh, Wolf. Against um, Jimmy G. Josh Allen comes back with a vengeance. Bills cover that. That's a big number in the NFL. Um, Ravens, Bengals, divisional game. Big game, I think, for Cincinnati, who is a three and a half point favorite. Really? Cincinnati's the favorite? I'll, yeah, I'll take the home. I'll take Baltimore. Okay. I'm writing these down. Uh, Seattle at Detroit. Uh, the Lions are everybody's darling right now. They're five and a half over a Seattle team that looked bad last week against the Rams. Yeah, Geno stinks. I like I like Detroit there. <laughs> Geno stinks is your logic. Yeah. I love this. Indianapolis at Houston in a game nobody wants to watch. Colts are one. Yeah. One. Oh, man. 
Um, I've already taken two road teams that are the favorite. Give me Houston here. So you're basically saying the uh, Texans are going to beat the Colts. I am, yeah. Uh, Kansas City at Jacksonville. Ooh, that's a great game. Big game for the Chiefs here. That's a great game. You got Patrick Mahomes against Trevor Lawrence. Uh, The Chiefs are a three-point favorite. I don't know if they get Kelsey back this week or not. I'm going to assume they do, but I don't know that. I'm going to say Travis Kelsey is distracted by his new rumored (laughs) girlfriend, and I'm going to take the Jags plus the three. You know, um, again, if you're the Chiefs, 0-2 is not good. No. Bears at Buccaneers. Baker Mayfield is a three-point favorite over Justin Fields. Bears at Buccaneers. Yeah, I'll roll with the Buccaneers. I kind of like that one. Not that it's necessarily going to be part of the six-pack on Friday, but I kind of like that one. Uh, Four o'clock game, Giants at Cardinals. Both teams not good. Giants are five and a half on the road. Man, Giants scored. And they didn't score last week. That's what I'm saying. They scored zero last week. I'm not even sure they can score five and a half. Give me Arizona. (laughs) Home dog. You know I love home dogs in the NFL. Uh, San Francisco and the Rams, both teams 1-0. Rams were impressive last week, even without Cooper Cup. And the Niners, they're my Super Bowl team. They're an eight-point favorite on the road here. I already wrote down San Fran before he even told me what the spread was, so I'll take them. See, that's Pittsburgh Steeler bias because they beat the Steelers so bad, you think they're superhuman. I Well, no. I have chose for a year and a half now to not believe in San Fran. It's proved me wrong. Yes. And so I'm going to choose to start believing in them. All right, Jets and Cowboys, 425. That's a CBS national game. Cowboys impressive. The Jets somehow did it after Aaron Rodgers got knocked out. Dallas, what do you think spread is? You know the spread? Nine. Nine and a half. Dallas is nine and a half over the Zach Wilson-led New York Jets. Give me Zach Wilson. I'll roll with him. He won me over on hard knocks. I took the Giants last week against Dallas, and that didn't work out. No. Um, also 425 game, Washington at Denver, Broncos three and a half. Broncos for sure. Washington's not good. I don't know. I like Sam Howell. I do. That's a common consensus. He's young. Yeah. I get it, but I like him. Um, 820 Sunday night football, Miami and New England divisional game. Man, Tua was great last week. He's now the co-favorite to win MVP with Patrick Mahomes. New England was better than I thought after they got off to a horrible start. Um, Miami is a two-point favorite. Two and <laughs> oh, a half. Two and a half. I don't even matter. Keep the hook, John. Two and a half. Miami covers that with ease. Keep the hook. No, you got to give the hook if you're giving. Uh, Monday night, we've got a doubleheader Monday night. Sweet. ESPN game, the earlier game, seven fifteen. New Orleans at Carolina. New Orleans, three-point favorite on the road. Divisional game here. Carolina did not look good last week, and the um, Saints squeaked out a win over the Titans. You talked me into it. Give me Carolina. I was kind of – my talk kind of leaned the other way. It did. Okay. But I'm going to go the opposite. 8-15 game on ABC, Cleveland at your Pittsburgh Steelers. Whoa. Cleveland, two-and-a-half-point favorite. So you can get your Steelers in points yeah, at home. They failed me last week. Cleveland really wasn't all that impressive in that game against Cincinnati. I'll take the I'll take the Steelers. Here. Of course you'll take the Sure. All right. We'll tally them up again next week. I hope you do better than 5-11. I, I do. I put a little more thought into it this week. So – 
All right. Scooters spread selections for the week. Don't forget, Kentucky and Louisville Volleyball tonight. If you don't have a ticket, I don't think you can get one. You know, I got a, a press credential. Use it. I can. I'm working tonight. Ooh, I gotta put, sell it. Gotta put food on. Sell my pre- <laughs> uh, for Louisville administrators out there. I'm not selling my press credit. <laughs> Tony Burke joins me in studio tomorrow. Thanks to Rick Bozich and to Scooter. As always, see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Air.